This is the Teacher Mindset Coach Podcast, episode number three. Hey, teachers, welcome to the podcast where we do the hard work to uplevel ourselves and have fun along the way. I'm your host, Ashley Wolf, and I'm here to help you rock your world with mindset stories, strategies, and skills that you've probably never been taught before. Let's do the damn thing. Hey, teachers, this is the episode where we will discuss circumstances and how I choose to define them as completely neutral and without power to control thoughts, feelings, and actions. This is where our work begins as we decide to get in the driver's seat of managing our minds, growing up a little bit, and seeing the positive impact on not only our workplace experiences, but in our personal lives as well. This is what I really think is missing from typical growth mindset trainings and strategies is that we aren't taught exactly how much power we have just by understanding the fact that outside circumstances are completely powerless over the thoughts that we choose to have about them. We choose our thoughts. Circumstances don't, quote, make us think anything. And many thoughts are automatic, so it will take work to change them. Your work. However, the work doesn't start with memorizing new thoughts necessarily. It's to recognize that outside circumstances, which include other people, by the way, (laughs) it's to recognize outside circumstances as separate and neutral from our chosen line of thinking separate and neutral. As I like to say in my intro, we do the hard work. This might be one of the most outlandish notions that I'll pass by you, but the idea here is nothing but great news because it puts the power back into your hands instead of you being a victim to circumstances. I do not accept the phrase made me or makes me. And I have done a lot of work in eliminating this from my own conversations with myself and others about circumstances. So when I say, quote, made me, I'm referring to my thoughts. So here's an example. She made me upset is no longer something I believe to be true. Instead, I will say something like, I'm upset because I'm thinking she should have acted differently. See that subtle shift? Notice that I'm attributing my feelings of being upset to my thoughts that a a person should have acted differently. I'm attributing that as something that is within me. And in another podcast, I'll talk about something called uh, the manual that we have for other people and how they should act and how they should, the words they should use and things like that. And how our manuals for other people will largely keep us suffering because we're expecting other people to change so that we can feel better. But the opposite is true. We have to change the way we think about other people for us to feel better. But more on that in the near future. So when we think about like the word should, it's a cautionary word in our teacher mindset coaching work, we should 
others and we should ourselves to the point of suffering for it. I kind of like to say like, stop shitting yourself. It kind of sounds like stop shitting yourself. And when I have this visual of me shitting myself, (laughs) it's like super embarrassing and I don't want it to happen. And so when I start telling myself that I should this and I should that and I shouldn't this and I shouldn't that, I have to say like, okay, stop shitting yourself because it's just, it goes nowhere and it only causes more suffering. Shooting ourselves is a part of arguing with and resisting the reality of what is instead of accepting and being open to it. But that is also another podcast. I'm kind of teasing some other podcasts in this one so that you know that there is way more coming up in the future for you. So what are circumstances? I went to Google and the Google definition of circumstances is quote, a fact or condition connected with or relevant to an event or action. Notice that facts are mentioned immediately. Circumstances are facts, facts, and only facts. I take this definition a bit further and allow for a few additions to be considered as a circumstance. Here are a few examples right off the bat, and then we'll explore and we'll unpack some. One of the biggest circumstances that we may think make us feel or act are other people. Think about it. We have practiced being so upset or so excited or so entertained by other people's words and behaviors that we don't stop to think about our own thoughts in regards to what's going on. Politics are a great example of this because people can choose to see the words and actions of a politician one way or the other or the other (laughs) Tax reform, for example, may be something that one group sees as awful and bad for them, and another group of people could think that it's the best thing ever. The biggest differences are the ways in which a person decides on their beliefs and their thoughts about a circumstance. I personally notice this when I visit my dad. Now, as an aside, he's most likely never going to listen to this podcast. So I feel like it's okay to use some examples from our interactions. I love my dad very much. And he has taught me and continues to teach me a lot of, of awesome life lessons. So my dad loves watching the news. And I choose not to watch the news. And he cannot understand this. So when I'm with him, the news is on constantly. And he has some pretty funny commentary most of the time, but I also notice how frustrated he gets with certain current events. And when I watch these current events that I had, you know, no previous idea were going on, I start to form my own opinions. And those opinions, which are thoughts, those opinions lead to my own feelings and emotions. However, I remind myself constantly of my decision to not allow current events or news broadcasts to dictate how I feel. I remind myself that I might have some thoughts about what's on the news, but it ultimately doesn't have power over the way I feel in that moment. If you stop to think about it, bad stuff and good stuff is happening all the time, all over the world, constantly. 99.99% of it we will never be aware of because of how small our personal world is compared to the rest of the world. We will only have thoughts about the circumstances that are brought into our awareness. 
in those moments, the meaning starts to form in our minds and we start to feel emotions. But the events themselves do not have any impact on our feelings simply because they are happening in the world. Here's a kind of far-fetched example, but this really does have an impact on our life because death is a part of life. So let's take someone's beloved great-grandmother. If someone's beloved great-grandmother passes away and you don't know that this event has happened, you will not feel sad or sympathetic about it. You'll have no idea that it's even happened. But if your great-grandmother passes away and you know that this has happened and you have certain thoughts about your great-grandmother, you'll feel emotions because of your thoughts, but not because of the actual event itself. Let that percolate a little bit. I know death can be a sensitive subject, but this kind of mind work and and thought work has really helped me in the uh, wake of my own mother passing away just, I think, probably about seven or eight weeks ago. Thank God for self-coaching, just as a parenthesis here. Thank God for self-coaching because when I was going through that experience of my mother passing away, I really did approach it in a different way than if coaching and mind management and emotional management was not a part of my life. Like if I was the old version of myself when my mother passed away, I know that the experience would have been much different. And I probably would have been in victim mode and arguing with reality way more than I am currently. But again, more on that later. I'll probably make a podcast on that when I'm when I'm ready for it. So a classroom example of other people as neutral circumstances are coworkers, your team, even your administration. Plain and simple, other people can't make us feel a certain way. They can do things. They can say words. They can even have looks on their faces. They can agree with you and even disagree with you, but they'll never be able to control your thoughts. Isn't this awesome? Now, on a logical level, we get it. We're like, duh, Wolf, come on, give me something good here. We know that people can't mind control other people. But when we find ourselves saying things such as, she made me feel like shit, or she made me feel so good when she said that. It's not the other person making you feel. It is our thoughts. You are in the driver's seat of your thoughts. But let's focus first on some situations where we might lose touch with this idea that other people's words and actions are a neutral circumstance. So here's a few more examples. A coworker is late for a meeting and you're pissed. A coworker forgets to cover your lunch duty and you're starving. <laughs> neutral. <laughs> I know it seems so real and like you have every right to be mad, but it's neutral. You have every right to choose your thoughts about it. Here's another example. A coworker compliments your new hairdo and you feel pretty. A coworker remembers your birthday and you feel appreciated. A coworker asks you why you were late with a bitch look on her face and you feel offended. All of these feelings are created after you think a particular thought about what has happened. The thought could be running in the background and you may not even know it's there because it seems so factual. But all of those situations that I just mentioned, those are neutral circumstances that we could experience in our life. 
and the thoughts we have about them are what creates meaning and therefore feelings and emotions are created. So how exactly do we get ourselves into the frame of mind of recognizing a circumstance as powerless? First, we have to check in with the facts. Often our brain wants to develop a meaningful and dramatic story in regards to events or words or actions of others, beliefs of others, whatever. This is what brains are great at making meaning, finding problems, finding solutions, and even creating new problems. It's all in the name of being a human and keeping up with the status quo. In a future episode, I'll talk in depth about something called the motivational triad. So if you're a researcher like me and you want to Google the motivational triad, it's pretty interesting. So I'll be talking about that and how our brain just wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain and stay as efficient as possible. In other words, our brains aren't necessarily hardwired for quick and painless growth or adaptation. So when a coworker's face appears frustrated, your brain may jump into fix-it mode and you may try to find out what the deal is so you can help. But in reality, what if your coworker is thinking of something that's going on at home or in their personal life and they are inadvertently showing it on their face? The question I love to ask myself is, what am I making this mean? And it puts the decision-making power back into my territory. So we find the facts of a circumstance and we describe the facts in a neutral, emotionless, adjectiveless way. Going back to the example of the coworker with a frustrated look on her face, we could get really factual and start stating what we know is true and can be agreed upon by everyone on the planet. Isn't that something? Can be agreed upon by everyone on the planet. I'm going to be releasing a bonus episode after this one that's kind of like a little workshop mini lesson on the questions to ask and how to go through neutralizing a circumstance. So stay tuned for that one. Watch, make sure you subscribe to get that notification. So let's take this example. Circumstance. Here it is. Pure, simple, factual. Coworker named Susie. It's 1145 a.m. on Tuesday. Coworker said, quote, it's important to get quotes here. I just can't stand that, end quote. Coworker's facial muscles moved. Coworker made eye contact with me. Coworker turned and walked in the opposite direction as me. So I bet all of you listening right now are actually like taking in all these neutral facts within this circumstance that I just kind of put out there. I totally made it up. And you're forming meaning and you're creating a made up story with these little bits of information. When a person is in the moment, these facts jump at us so quickly and we are so wrapped up in our own immediate thoughts and beliefs about them that we react perhaps instead of respond. And I want to offer you that a reaction is not necessarily done without thinking. I personally think that that saying is nothing but a bunch of bullshit. And I really get frustrated with myself when I say stuff like that, because it's almost like I get a free pass to act like an asshole instead of reflecting on my own thoughts, feelings, and actions and how I can improve. So I have really tried and I've, I've worked on and I've gotten pretty good at eliminating from my vocabulary, like this whole, oh, I just did it without thinking. 
I really don't like making that excuse for myself anymore. And I challenge you to just kind of be aware if you're, if you're saying that in regards to (laughs) making an excuse about your, your actions or words. So just tune into that. So if you want to be more observant and aware of if you use that phrase, I invite you. Welcome. Welcome to the club. Back to reactions. A reaction is automatic based on our prior beliefs about ourselves and others. A reaction is also automatic based on flyby thoughts that we have practiced for years or brand new thinking that's a flyby thought that we just automatically think is true. So in this made up example, the coworker making a face has no power over what we choose to think of it. We could react and make a face back. We could react by getting defensive because we think that she shouldn't be doing what she's doing. Or we could respond by taking a breath, taking a beat, and saying to ourselves, it's just a neutral circumstance. I don't have to do or say anything right now. All I need to do right now is find out what I'm thinking. Other people can't make me feel anything. Only I can do that. So that's it for this episode. Like I said, be on the lookout for the next bonus episode, which will be about five to 10 minutes long. And it walks you through some reflective questions and some guiding questions on neutralizing a circumstance. It really is more of an exercise. So that one I would be ready with a paper and pencil if you wanted to go through and really get good at neutralizing your circumstances. Because then the work starts in on our thoughts. But we can't do it until we understand that circumstances have nothing to do with what we think about them. I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. If you got something out of today's show, I invite you to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. I'd also love to see you in the Teacher Mindset Coach Facebook group so we can nerd out on mindset work as a community of badass teachers. And remember, you can always email me at coachwithwolf, W-O-L-F-E, at gmail.com. Now go be awesome. See you next time.